Chapter Fourteen of Naval Occasions by Bartimaeus. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fourteen C slash O G P O. The bell above the door of the village post office tinkled, and the postmistress looked up over her spectacles. Is it yourself, Biddy? A barefooted country girl with a shawl over her head entered and shyly tendered an envelope across the counter can you tell me how much it will be mrs malone she queried there was anxiety in the dark blue eyes the postmistress glanced at the address sure it'll go for a penny she said reassuringly that's a terrible long way for a penny said the girl sure it's a terrible long way from under her shawl she produced a coin and stamped the envelope it took some time to do this because a good deal depended on the exact angle at which the stamp was affixed in itself it carried a message to the recipient it's grand writin ye got said the postmistress her celtic sympathy aroused and himself will be holdin it in his hands a month from now the girl blushed father dennis is after learnin me and please for a bit of stamp paper mrs malone she pleaded softly the way no one will be after openin it and readin it in them outlandish parts it was the seal of the poor a small square of stamp paper gummed over the flap of the envelope as she was concluding this final rite the bell tinkled again a fair-haired girl in tweeds carrying a walking-stick entered with a spaniel at her heels she smiled a greeting to both women a penny stamp please mrs malone she stamped a letter she carried in her hand and turned the face of the envelope towards the postmistress how long is this going to take getting to its destination the postmistress beamed sure himself she began and recollected herself a month milady no more outside the girl with the shawl over her head was standing before the slit of the post-box the other girl came out the next moment and the two letters started on their long journey side by side as the two women turned to go their eyes met for an instant the country girl blushed they went their way each with a little smile on her lips the destroyer that for three hours had been slamming through a head sea rounded the headland and came in sight of the anchored fleet the yeoman of signals on the flagship's bridge closed his glass with a snap she's got mails for the fleet he called to the leading signalman i'll report to the flag lieutenant as he descended to the quarter-deck he met the officer of the watch destroyer coming in with mails sir the lieutenant's face brightened he called an order to the boatswain's mate who ran forward piping shrilly away picket-boat he bawled the flag lieutenant was reading in his cabin when the yeoman made his report snatching up his cap he hastened into the admiral's apartments destroyer arriving with mails for the fleet sir the admiral glanced at the calendar ah eight days since we had the last thank you the flag lieutenant poked his head inside the secretary's office now you fellows will have something to do the mail's coming in thank you replied the secretary's clerk but flags try not to look quite so inanely pleased about it she's probably forgotten all about you by now the destroyer with rime-crusted funnels drew near and men working on the upper decks of the fleet ceased their labours to watch her approach one of the side party working over the side in a bowline jerked his paintbrush in her direction 
"'If I don't get no letter this mail, so help me, I stops me arf pay,' he confided grimly to a raggy, and spat sententiously. In the wardroom, the married officers awoke from their afternoon siesta and began to harass the officer of the watch with inquiries. The news spread even to the midshipmen's school place, and the naval instructor found straight away that to all intents and purposes he was lecturing on spherical trigonometry to deaf adders. With the eyes of the fleet upon her, the destroyer anchored at last, and the flagship's picket boat slid alongside to embark the piles of bloated mail-bags. As she swung round on her return journey, the yeoman on the flagship's bridge glanced down at a signal-boy standing beside the flag-lockers and nodded. Two flags leaped from the lockers and sped to the masthead. Instantly an answering flutter of bunting appeared on each ship. Send boats for mail. The flagship had spoken. In wardroom and gunroom a rustling silence prevailed. Each newcomer, as he entered, rushed to the letter-rack and hurriedly grabbed his pile of letters. There is a poignant joy in seeing one's name on an envelope twelve thousand watery miles away from home, no matter whose hand penned the address. In some cases, though, it mattered a good deal. The flag-lieutenant retired to his cabin like a dog with a bone, and became engrossed with closely written sheets that enclosed several amateur snapshots. One or two portrayed a slim, fair-haired girl in tweeds, others a black spaniel. The flag-lieutenant studied them through a magnifying glass, smiling. The admiral, busy over his private correspondence, was also smiling. He had been offered another group of letters to tack after his name. He had five already. The agent of his estate at home had a lot to say about the pheasants. His wife sprawled an account of life at Aix across eight pages. He had been invited to the executor of one man's will and the godfather to another's child. But a series of impressionist sketches by his youngest daughter, age five, inspired by a visit to the zoo, was what he was actually smiling over. Up on the afterbridge, the yeoman of the watch leaned over the rail and whistled to the signal boy, "'Nip down to my mess and see if there's a letter for me.' The boy fled down the ladder and presently returned with a letter. The yeoman took it from him and turned it over in his hands, scanning it almost hungrily. The stamp was cryptically askew, and the flap of the envelope ornamented by a fragment of stamp paper. "'And what the hell are you grinning at?' he began. The boy turned and scampered down the ladder into safety. The yeoman of signals stood looking after him, the letter held in his hand, when a bell rang outside the signal-house. He put his ear to the voice-pipe. The flag-lieutenant was speaking. "'Yes, sir? Make the following signal to the destroyer that brought our mails. To commanding officer, Admiral, request the pleasure of your company to dinner tonight at eight o'clock.' "'Aye, aye, sir,' he turned away from the voice-pipe. "'And he could have my tot on the top of that for the askin.' End of chapter 14